And I began to recognize a source of power within myself that comes from the knowledge that while it is most desirable not to be afraid, learning to put fear into a perspective gave me great strength. This is Skylar Resna, and welcome back to Stories Retold, y'all. Welcome back to Stories We Told, you guys, and today's book is, oh, it is so needed. It is so very, very needed. Um, today's book is Sister Outsider by Audre Lorde. If you have not heard of Audre Lorde, you guys have got to go do your research. She is phenomenal, even though she has passed away. She is still phenomenal, and her words ring true even now. So I chose this book in honor of Pride Month and the current state of America. And Audre Lorde is a Black queer woman who is not only powerful, but inspirational. And um, I found out about this book because back when I was in college, I took a course called Major Black Writers. And this is the book that one of the books we were given. Well, we had to go get because you know, God don't give me nothing for free. And um, I've had this book on my shelf ever since. Uh, This isn't a traditional narrative type of book like we usually do here. It's a collection of essays and speeches all by by Audre Lorde, but it isn't a hard read because she's also a poet. The way she writes is, is flowy, how she speaks. And it, it, it is entrancing really. It will really capture you. So there are 17 sections in this book, including the introduction and the foreword by Cheryl Clark. But today I will only be highlighting three of her essays because I don't want to super overwhelm y'all with everything in this book, but three should be enough. So overall, um, Audre Lorde talks about racism, sexism, heterosexism, and homophobia, which all stem from the same root of human blindness of being unable to recognize differences as a dynamic human force. So put your seatbelt on, you guys. Here we go. But there is no simple monolith solution to racism, to sexism, to homophobia. There is only the conscious focusing within each of my days to move against them, wherever I come up against these particular manifestations of the same disease. So that quote came from um, uh, learning from the 60s. And even though this, that essay isn't at the beginning of the book, I, I chose to start with that because I think it's very important to know your history so you know where you come from and how you got here today. And what killed me was that it was so familiar. Like a lot of things she was saying, you see now in 2020. But um, she was speaking at a Malcolm X weekend at Harvard. I did not know that Harvard had a Malcolm X weekend, but now we know. And um, she, uh, I, I did not know much about Malcolm X until I watched Who Killed Malcolm X on Netflix not too long ago. But that was a really interesting uh, docu-series. It wasn't very long, maybe like six episodes, I think. But it was really good. So um, check that out if you have some time because it, it was very informative. So um, Lord begins perfectly when she says there are no new ideas, just new ways of giving those ideas we cherish breath and power in our own living. And for me, 
and I, I believe she was talking about the the positive words that we speak and we breathe and the the things that we want out of life but I also believe that um that applies to the bad ideas the hurtful ideas the hateful ideas that they've all been there before so it it's not new nothing is really new and uh and she goes on to say she she goes on to admit her own guilt in letting the media and not just meaning the white media define what messages are important and I was just talking to my mom about that about how we don't see a lot about the protests anymore because they're the riots aren't there like people aren't breaking into stores and and all that but the protests are still going on but if you just watch the news to get your information you would not know that you would think that it was all over it is still going and it's going strong but the news won't tell you everything and then I remember um Gil Scott Heron already told us the revolution will not be televised you're not going to see it oh, I just, uh, I'm just I'm just shocked like I, I know I just told y'all but it is uncanny how many things she's saying back here that we see the same thing in 2020 it blows me but um I'll continue on. So Audre Lorde notes that the one thing, that one thing we can learn from the 60s is how complex any move for for liberation must be and the dangers of an incomplete vision. And so many times we as Black people end up fighting each other instead of the originators of a common problem because the the, the system, the, 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 the white privilege, whatever... No, I'm going to call it the system. It is the system. The system in which we live paints liberation as limited. And there's only so much to go around. It has to be divided up among people where the largest and the juiciest pieces of liberty are going as spoils to the victor or the strongest. And now we're fighting over liberty. Like, oh, I need freedom. No, I need freedom more. And that's not the case. There's no single issue struggle because we do not live single issue lives. For me personally, um, I'm black and I'm a woman. Well, not even. Let's not look at me. Let's look at. Let's look at. Let's look at Miss Lord. Miss Lord is black and a woman and a queer woman. So all of those liberations, she can't just fight one and ignore the rest because it. She still isn't liberated. I hope that makes sense. Like we don't live single issues. There are there's more than one way we are being held down. And I oh, I love this term, the term intersectionality. Intersectionality is a term I learned in college. And it man, when I tell you this word, it, it has become one of my favorites. Like it, one of my favorites when I talk about um, privilege and oppression and things like that, I I will clearly and and always mention intersectionality. So intersectionality was a term coined by Kimberly Crenshaw, and it basically means that your the the identities that you have determine your level of privilege. So if you're black. Then you have you have less privilege than being white. But if you're black and a woman, now you have less privilege because you're black 
because you're not a white, you're not white and you're not a white man. If you are a black woman that is queer, like Miss Lord is, now you have three, um, three privileges that are fighting against you, three oppressions that are fighting against you. And I was just like, when I first heard that, I was like, sis, I didn't even think about it because not only am I a black, I'm black woman. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so oppressed. I, but I'm, I'm heterosexual. So I have that privilege and I'm a Christian. So I have that privilege and I'm, I'm physically able. I can hear, I can speak, I can talk, I can walk. Uh, speaking, talking is the same thing. But you know what I mean? I have ability privileges. I'm born in America. I can speak English. Like so many privileges I didn't know I had. And, and honestly, being someone who has those privileges, I feel like it's my responsibility to fight for people who don't have the same privileges that I do. So people who aren't able to to speak or to hear or to walk, I must advocate for them that they have the same opportunities that I do. That just because I can speak doesn't mean I, you might do the job better than me and you don't say a word. We don't know that. Or um, just because you are Muslim, that does not mean you deserve to be killed and put in concentration camps and be you have your rights violated and have your beliefs violated because that's happening right now in the world all over the world and I had no idea until my friends pointed out to me so so that's that that's a bit of a side note but if you have privilege it is your right it is your duty and your responsibility to fight for those who don't um that was a bit of a tangent but we have to understand and accept that any attack against women, black people, queer people, Muslims, um, physically disabled, mentally disabled, whatever the case may be, is an attack against all of us who recognize that our interests are not being served by the systems we support. So we can't afford to fight each other because all of us have a common goal of survival. To refuse to participate in the shaping of our future is to give up. Each of us must find our work and do it. Because change is the immediate responsibility of each of us. Wherever and however we're standing in whatever arena we choose. So this is one of my arenas that I choose. I choose to to speak and to educate through my podcast and through getting more people to read and to understand um, more about the world around them. That's one of the avenues that, that I choose. And it's my responsibility to evoke change and to try to educate people to change and to do better. And, um, I wanted to end the section off with Malcolm, with uh, one of the quotes Malcolm X said, we are not responsible for our oppression, but we must be responsible for our liberation. What does it mean when the tools of a racist patriarchy are used to examine the fruits of that same patriarchy? It means that only the most narrow parameters of change are possible and allowable. So the next section that we're gonna talk about is a phrase that I've been hearing a lot lately. The master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. So these tools that they allow us, like um, they're saying you guys can protest, 
but not like this. You can protest, but not like that because that's going to disrupt something. There, That is not going to do nothing. You can't tell the oppressed how to how to protest against the oppressors. That, that don't make dollars don't make sense. The tools that that the master's house gives, it only will allow for a temporary interruption, maybe to temporarily to beat them, but they will never enable us to bring about genuine change. So we cannot rely on the oppressive system or its people to support us and save us because that's our job. In our world, our personal visions help lay the groundwork for political action. And today we see laws beginning to change, but that's not enough. We need the entire system to change. This entire system is racist and sexist and homophobic. All of it has to change in order for real change to happen. For example, we see the civil rights movement. The civil rights movement happened. There were laws that were changed, but then what happened? You still had the same issue at the end of the day. You still had the same problems you had before. Why? Because it was one law that changed in an instead of the entire system that needed to be changed. And please, oh, please, oh, please, do not think that I'm saying that it was worthless and it was meaningless, because no, it did good work. However, it is not enough. We must be able to be united as a community of like-minded people. Now divide and conquer has to become define and empower. We can be an unshakable force together, but we have to be together. It's the knowledge of the genuine conditions of our lives that we must draw our strength to live and our reasons for acting. And this applies to everyone who is listening and whoever you pass it along to. We have to be heroes in our own stories as a community because we are the ones that are going to save us. Of what have I ever been afraid? To question or speak as I believed it could have meant pain or death. But we all hurt in so many different ways, all the time, and pain will either change or end. Death, on the other hand, is the final silence. So our final essay today is the transformation of silence into action and language. So what stood out for me most from this is that your silence will not save you. I'm going to sink in one more time. Your silence, you doing nothing, you saying nothing, is not going to save you. As you as we go on, you'll see that Miss Lord was talking to people who are oppressed by not saying nothing about their oppression. But for a brief, brief second, I want to talk to the, the people who are privileged and not saying anything. I was looking on social media the other day and someone posted, to all of my friends who are silent, I see you. Because when you're silent, you're quietly complying. Even if you don't mean to, like, no, I don't agree with any of this. But because you're quiet, you're saying that it's fine. Even if you don't mean to, but your silence is loud. So I just wanted to get in and say that. But uh, Miss Laura is talking to the people who are being oppressed. So I'm going to keep true to what she wanted and, and get back to it. So I'm reminded of Zora Neale Hurston's quote because I love her so much. She said, if you're silent about your pain, they'll kill you and say you enjoyed it. Oh, man. Ooh, y'all, I tell you what I love. I love Zora. I love me some Zora. But 
This essay goes on to say that if you ignore or suppress the truth inside of you, it'll get madder and hotter until it bursts out of you. And we have to remember that it's our visibility that which makes us most vulnerable and is also our greatest source of strength. Yes, so shout out to everyone who has protested, everyone who has gotten out there in the streets because you're out there being seen and people are really getting hurt. These are nonviolent people. And here comes the 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 over overly violent police shooting people with rubber bullets that are still doing incredible damage, shooting tear gas at people. People are actually getting hurt. People have been getting hurt. All the nonviolent protests throughout history, people have still been getting hurt. And it's that you're being out there and they see you. The world sees you. And that visibility not only makes you vulnerable because you're out there and you can get hurt, but it shows the greatest strength because even though I'm so vulnerable, here I stand. Here I am. No matter what, I'm going to physically show you that I am not okay with this by standing against you. And that is powerful. That is so super powerful. So 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 don't don't get it wrong. You may be afraid because it can be frightening to speak your truth, especially when it is so unpopular, but you have a responsibility to teach by living and speaking truths. The silence has to be broken and there are so many silences to be broken. All right, so my favorite part is that all of these speeches, like you you hear me, I am so passionate. I am so passionate about people speaking their truth. And and this book is just a, a it's a collection of truths. It is a collection of hard-hitting truth. And I just absolutely love it. It's thought-provoking. It's insightful. It is extremely relevant. And for my favorite, favorite part, I'm going to use a quote. Um, it says, how are you practicing what you preach? Whatever you preach. And who exactly is listening? I like it because it's a call to check, to check yourself and to see what role are you playing in history. Are you the oppressed, actively fighting for liberation? Are you the oppressor, openly openly violating and disrespecting others who are quote-unquote different than you? Or are you a bystander, letting your deafening silence show your true colors? And now for my least favorite part. My least favorite part is just some people won't get it. They won't get it. And even if, and I, and another leaves very hard of mind that people won't hear this message and they won't read this book and this book is so powerful it needs to be shared more and discussed because we we see history repeating itself we need to be able to speak and we need to know that we have to do this on our own we cannot rely on the government to save us we can't rely on everyone else to stand up for us we have to stand on our own two feet and do it ourselves and my least favorite part is that some people just won't get it. And that just makes me sad. In closing, um, the revolution is live. So choose your part in history very wisely. So why this book now? Right now, human rights are being violated in America, all over the world, left and right. 
And if you're silent, it's time to use your voice. If you're uneducated, it's time to educate yourself. So the internet is a thing. So there are no excuses to why you don't know something is happening. And if you're like, oh, you know, that stuff isn't on my timeline, isn't on my feed. Well, go find people who are talking about it. Go follow news sources. Go look at at pages. Like there, there's a page. There are a lot of pages actually that I follow. But there are a couple pages that I follow just so I I learn more things. One of them is one that my friend put me on. And the name of it, excuse my French. I'm so sorry, mom. I'm so sorry. But on Instagram, it's called shit you should care about. It's all one word. That's their at. And I I saw one of my friends posting from it. And I was like, what is, what, what is this? And... There's another one called shit you should care about underscore instead in case we get deleted. But it, you guys, there is so, so much in here that I had absolutely no idea about. I didn't know what was going on in Yemen until I saw this. And I was like, wait a minute, what's happening in Yemen right now? Go look at what's happening in Yemen. We need to help. Um, But yes, educate yourself because no excuse not to educate yourself. There's no excuse. We have the World Wide Web at our fingertips. But back to why this book now, the New York Times has it best. Um, Lord's work will be important for those who are truly interested in growing up sensitive, intelligent, and aware. Don't you want that to be you too? Who should read this book? Everyone. Literally everyone. Point blank, period. I shouldn't have to say more than that. Just literally everyone should read this book everyone. Moral of the story, read the book, be a better person, all black lives matter, help Yemen, defund the police and put the money to education and healthcare, abolish ICE, arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor, arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. We need to speak and go more hard for black women and black trans lives like we do everybody else and protect children and asylum seekers. That's a lot of moral of the story, but Hey, that's the moral of the story. So before we go, I have a little bit of an announcement. Um, With Audre Lorde encouraging all of us to break the silence, I want to invite you, yes, you, all of you, to submit your stories to be read here on the podcast. They don't have to be about anything in particular. They don't have to be about liberation and freedom. They can literally be a short story that you just want to get read and have heard. I want to hear your stories. Because the podcast is called Stories Retold and your story needs to be retold and heard and listened to and loved and appreciated. And I would like to extend my uh, my listeners, my network, all of that so you can get the exposure. If you have a book that you're like, you know what, I wrote this book and I, I would like to, to be mentioned on the podcast, DM me or even better, send that to stories retold podcast at gmail.com if you have the the short story that you want to have read please have it be no longer than a page and also send that to stories retold podcast at gmail.com and I am going to work on getting a way for listeners to give you feedback as the writer so you can see what people are saying what they like what they don't like it's about the the, the short story but also about the books all of it. So um, feel free to submit, 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 submit. 
And until next time, own your own stories, read to expand your mind, wear your mask, and wash your hands. Bye!